All right. We got a winner. Oh, we got a winner. We got a winner. And they're off. And here we go. It's been another week in racing. It's time to recap it. And who better to do it than Michael New Magic? Two bros slash pros who cover the highs and lows of racing around the globe on every one of their shows. Real fans look forward to these guys and their last thoughts because they know they're not talking out of their royal ascot. What they say makes sense. So ladies and gents, sit back and relax as Blinkers Off presents The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week, The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 339, Mr. Samich. Huzzah! I am so excited we're going back down the hill at Santa Anita. Last time we were supposed to do this, they changed their minds. So hopefully they'll do that to us again. How are you doing today, buddy? I am excited, man. This is a great sequence. We got a a mandatory pick six payout uh, that is supposed to be happening here on Saturday, which, uh, you know, that means maybe someone's going to pop this thing on Friday, just like Gulfstream Park. But I'm excited (laughs) for that. Talked about the race before this on the Racing Dudes YouTube. That's a tough race. This sequence is crazy, man. I am excited because this this is a tough sequence. Big fields. I think there's a couple of skeptical favorites here that we could try and beat. Uh, so looking forward to the last four here from Santa Anita on Saturday. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a great day. I, you know how to you know push my buttons. You texted me this morning and said, "Let's do Santa Anita," and I said, "Okay." I mean, yes, you don't, you didn't have to ask. Yes, we'll do Santa Anita today. Um, but yeah, the two turf races were both I thought incredibly hard to handicap. The dirt races I thought were a little easier, but uh, you and I are both going for the same pr- big price horse in one of those races, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, we've got a lot to get into there, just so that you know. So to clarify, like Mike said, there is an expected or there is a mandatory payout of the pick six at Sanita on Saturday. It's a 20 cent denomination. Starts with race uh, four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think that's what it is. Yeah, something no, like that. No, starts race five. There's ten races. Thank you. Starts with race five, um, and then race six is the Turf Classic. It's a lot. It's almost all uh, Calbred races, which is going to be really interesting uh, for <laughs> handicapping. So yeah, like Mike said, we talked about that. It'll be up on the Racing Dudes YouTube channel shortly, and at RacingDudes.com previewing it. But before we get into all the fun action, Mike, what's the best thing you saw this week? Uh, it's going to be the best thing I'm going to see this weekend. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, the Surf and Turf is coming up this weekend. The oh, yeah. first, uh, the first event. Well, it's not Surf and Turf. It's FloCal. Uh, so it's a $1,500 buy-in over at Horse Tourneys. That's every single race at Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park on Friday and Saturday. If you still want to get involved, there's plenty of time. Horsetourneys.com. You can qualify for as little as 28 bucks. There's It was supposed to be 150K guaranteed prize pool. There is already over 250,000. My guess is we're going to get close to 600,000 into the prize pool. So you're looking at like 250,000 to the winner. Uh, I have two entries, which is the max. I'm pretty excited about that. Dr. Tang's in there. I got Hoffman's in there. So I'm pumped up to, uh, to take a swing at this, man. It's nice to have a, a big-time tourney two weeks before NHC. Yeah, and uh, so when I texted you, we were trying to figure out which, who was going to preview which races over at the YouTube channel. And I was like, I'm going to give you Gulfstream and San Anita because I know you're already <laughs> dialed in and locked in. And we, we talked about it a little bit on the show before, but uh, it is a two-day event, and it's every race at both Gulfstream and San Anita. I mean, that is a slog. That is like a you really, really got to narrow in. It is. It's one of my favorite setups, though. I mean, like, so you have these different tournaments where, you know, it's all the whole card on one day or it's optional over a full day across six different racetracks. You're kind of picking and choosing what races you want to play. I love this two cards, two days. So it's like 45 races. But the beauty of it is really understanding when to take a shot at a price um, in, in this type of format. Two to one is valuable. 
if that two to one wins, because it's going to be the best horse and you'll gain move, movement on the field. So because of the limited sample size and the forced pick of every race, it, it kind of changes this, the structure of how you play a little bit. And, and it's one of those that I really like. I ran seventh in this two years ago. Um, so I'm excited to kind of get this one going again. I like this format and I, I'm feeling good right now. I'm uh, I'm excited for you. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. We we spent a lot of time after Monday's show off air talking about it. So I'm excited. And like you mentioned, it's not just you, but a lot of our friends, including Dr. Tang, uh, will be going. And who else did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, the Hoffmans are in there. Oh, um, yeah, Hoffman will be there. Yeah, there's there's it's. I, I want to say there's probably about ten different Magic Mike listeners that are all playing it already. Um, so not sure how many more will buy in. How am I doing here? <laughs> I don't know, man. Why have you tried? You got to get in there. Get over on horsetrainings.com. Come on, Magic. <sighs> You know what? They picked a bad weekend for it. My parents are going to be in town. They have that means they picked a good weekend months. for it. Because your parents <laughs> are going to be true. in town. They don't. My mom. I'm her only child. My mom doesn't give two shits about me anymore, yeah. which is as it no. should be. But it's. I will tell you, that first time that happened it was a little interesting. I was. I was just kind of used to like talking to her and having her attention, and then it not being there, I was like, oh. Oh, this is new. Okay. No, see, it's, it's funny when when you're a parent and you have a dog and you have a kid. The dog gets demoted. Right. When right. you are a kid and you have a kid, you get demoted because the, the grandparent yeah. role becomes much more important than the parent role. Uh, shout out to Pedlo, man. Yeah, I had Bama first half. Um, they, yes, you did. <laughs> they absolutely. Yeah, I said that one. <laughs> they absolutely uh, crushed after that. That first or they actually crushed the first half almost all year. I think they ended up losing two games in the, their two first halves all year. Um, and I had them. I just took the money line that, that first half. and It's pretty sweet. And one of the ones they, that they did, one of the two was the Cincy game. And uh, it was just, it, it's just so bizarre when that happened. I know because that was one of the times I bet. Not the only time because you, you turned me on. And all the Magic Mike Show listeners, he turned us on to that. Uh, before I see Cindy saying that her husband got in that. Cindy's having just a really wonderful college football season. You know that North, <laughs> North Dakota State fan? They win the, the one AA championship again. Um, yeah, good for them. Uh, best thing that I saw, uh, I'm going to try and see how we can do this. See this hockey know. thing queued up down here. Yeah, you do. I'm trying to figure out how we can even – hey, there we go. We'll just uh, pull that down and pull this down. This is Cal McCarr's goal. Did you see this in overtime? I, I'm late to the party. This is from January 4th. He's pretty so special, man. Nine days ago. Um, I turned the audio off, but I, it, it's a special kind of goal that right there, that play to stop and spray the ice and then score an overtime goal. Mark Andre Fleury, he made the announcer who hockey announcers like they'll have fun and you'll joke around like, Oh, it was a good goal. He turned him into a wrestling announcer. Like he was, Oh my God, did you see that? And he's like screaming. And for like the audio is off for a reason because you wouldn't hear anything I'm saying because he just lost his shit about this guy's play. And it was fantastic to see, but I didn't. I'm just now learning about this guy probably in the last month or so. 11 game-winning goals uh, in the last two years as a defenseman, and look at all that ice. I mean, that's just but, ridiculous what you can do like that. Uh, you, you buried the lead there. A defenseman made that move and, and shelved it. That's Shelved it with the backhand there on the turn. That's what that would, that's what makes him so special. He's dynamic on the power play. Great puck movement. Amazing handles. Uh, he's 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 one of those that just he gets kind of shoved to the back in Colorado because of who else is there because you have McKinnon and because you have uh, Rantanen uh, and, and players like that on the offensive side. But he is amazing on the blue line there. Uh, yeah, he's great. Well, Darren Helm, now on the Colorado Avalanche, still don't like to talk about that. Uh, Cindy says she's looking forward to Oakland Park this weekend and Homer Bound Monday. I don't know if you're actually going to be there or not, but if you're looking to play Oakland, uh, dudes who bet sports at the end of it, Aaron Halterman and Papa Dew talked about it, but also on Blinkers Off tonight, they're going to be covering it a little bit more in depth. And I told Jared, Aaron's cheating. He's already, because he told me, yeah, Aaron said he's handicapping for it right now. I was like, no, he isn't. He, he already gave out his picks for this morning. So, uh, he's cheating a little bit on that one, but, um, uh, yeah, so that's good. Uh, oh, Cindy's going to be there at Oakland. That's awesome. Congra wow, everybody gets to go to Oakland but me. Womp womp. 
Womp womp. Let's get into the show, Mike. We're going to San Diego Park, Late Pick 4, Saturday, January 15th. Riders up! The late pick four sequence at San Anita Park on Saturday, January 15th. Race seven is a six furlong dirt sprint for eight Cal bred older males, non winners of one other than favoritism is on the number four gates of heaven here at three to one. But if you notice, three other horses are either seven to two or they're four to one. It's, it's a very close uh, number of odds here. Uh, where are you going on top? Well, I'm going to the inside, man. Give me the one admirably. Um, look, this horse ran absolutely off the screen last time. Uh, it was claimed off out of the red out of off red feather uh, out of the Mark Lapp barn going into the Papa Droma barn. He's three for eight at the meet. That's awfully good. Horse is coming with the best last out buyer. One of my big things about this race, though, is that there's quite a bit of speed in here. And some of it's, I think, pretty cheap. And some of it has never held anywhere except Los Alamitos. Um, I could poke a lot of holes in quite a few of the horses toward the outside here because of where they have won and where they put numbers up. Um, it, it makes me really want to narrow this race down toward the inside. And because of that, I'm going to start with uh, admirably on the rail as my top pick at 4-1. to one. I'm actually pretty excited about it. I didn't use this horse because I've known. I don't know that I love uh, uh, Herrera picking up the mountain. If you don't know who uh, Diego Herrera is, by the way, really cool. The guy routinely rides during the day at Santa Anita and then goes to Los Al and rides the quarter horse cart. So he's riding 10, 12, 14 horses a day, every day. Um, the kid is he's 17. The kid's a workhorse. Uh, and you can see by his stats, he's not terrible when he's here. I feel like this is a horse that's going to need to take back a little bit. And with, with having Herrera on it, he's usually kind of ascending speed. I'm not sure that he's going to be able to handle riding inside of the horses like this. I've watched him closely. He is a good jockey, but I think he's still – he's got some areas to work on. But um, if you're not concerned about the jockey, then, yeah, all, all the play options are here for this horse. And he's going to trip out here. I mean, there, you've got four horses that want to go, three horses that want to go, and, and he is going to get the absolute perfect trip on the rail. Uh, I agree with you. There's a you know a little bit of concern there from a jockey perspective. But to me, I, I think you have the most talented horse over the surface. I mean, when you dig past, back through the past performances here, the one admirably, and you go back to the other Santa Anita races, they're all really good. Twice at six and a half furlongs, runs third, 71 and 73 buyer, comes back, wins at six furlongs, when it's a 76 buyer there doesn't touch the actual dirt until he runs again at Delmar, gets claimed out of $16,000 race there, runs a 72 buyer, runs second, and then runs this big number at Delmar here, 79 in a state bred, getting back into that state bred level on the dirt, going six furlongs with a pace set up to me. Four to one's actually a really nice price. I almost singled this horse, oh, and wow. this might be my single in the pick six if I want to get really, really aggressive here and be able to spread out in a couple other spots. Wow, uh, impressive. Yeah, you, you must really uh, feel strong about the horse. A horse that we both like, the one that we agreed on, is just to his outside, and that's the number two, Scary Fast Smile. Uh, has not been claimed away from Mark Clatt quite yet, although the horse is in for uh, 20K here. But I like this horse a lot. This is one of the ones that's going to be definite speed. But if you look at his past performances, go back to May 29th last year, at this level, at this course and distance, the only difference was he wasn't in for a 20K tag. He runs off the screen by eight lengths. Um <clears throat> Sorry. After that, it kind of goes sideways for him. He tries a mile for the first time. Uh, it fails miserably, and the horse has completely fallen apart since then. So that's why you see now we're back in for this 20K tag. But, uh, yeah, this is the first time Glatt, since they claimed him, by the way, out of his debut, which is an interesting handicapping angle. He's never run for a tag since. So now we're back in for this. Uh, it's a great spot here. Did I miss any of the reasons you liked him? I think you missed the main reason. I mean, I 100% I agree with you. Love that he ran off the screen on that May 29th effort. And you said it kind of fell off the rails. 
Well, it fell off the rails because he went to a $100,000 state bread stakes race. And then he faced open company three times. He's getting back to state bread company today for the first time since that romp at this level. I think that is really the key is that he is facing just a, a much softer group here. Uh, those $50,000 allowances tend to be pretty good, um, especially the, the Los Al, which is ironic because it's really the only one running there. Um, he was favored in both of those races and didn't make the lead. I think that's really the key here. I think he should be able to make the lead from the inside. Both Bay should be able to send him. Um, there's no speed to his rail. We just talked about admirably not being able to go. So scary fast smile is your inside speed here. I think that is the key difference. That we're getting back to state state breads and we're the inside speed. And uh, Tyler Bayes, I know, works him in the morning. You look at his last two works. He went 47 and four uh, for four furlongs and backs it up with a 59 flat. So uh, Tyler works him in the mornings. Tyler knows this horse. You look at how often Tyler's ridden him. So uh, also never off the board at San Diego six starts on the dirt. So that's good. Uh, your other horse, go ahead, talk about him. I almost yeah, let's. Him. Let's talk about rookie mistake, which is kind of what you're making here, leaving this horse off the ticket at 12 to 1. Um, look, we, we talked about how, like, we just talked about the state bread angle and how important that is. Well, let's look at rookie mistakes career. I mean, this horse runs, jumps back and forth between state bread and open company stakes races for a while. Then all of 2020 basically runs in state bread races, runs well, actually wins at six and a half furlongs at this level, the 20,000 dollars or one state bread level, um, jumps into some stakes races. His form is kind of muddy because you've got some turf, you've got some dirt, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But you look at the last three races, and by the way, they're all probably good enough to be in it, if not win it, here at the end. Those are all against open company. Two of the three are on turf, so it's kind of like it's a little little different than that. The other one is at six furlong, Santa Anita, runs a good 76 buyer. He was bumped hard at the break, forced Y, was chasing. The other reason I like this horse, this is the other closer in my mind that it can actually get the job done. And I think if I'm, I'm worried that there's too much pace in here, and I do think Stary Fast Smile is the, the, the class of the speed, but if I'm worried that there's too much speed in here, I'd rather have two closers and one speed horse than kind of pile on the speed horses when I think it's going to be tough for any of them to really hold. My concern why I ultimately left Rookie Mistake off because the 12 to 1 price was very enticing when it's Doug and Mario and Redham racing and it's a Calbred uh, stakes race. Um, I'm, wor I'm worried that six furlongs is actually too short for him for what he's going to be ultimately best at. I mean, look at some of his races in the past. He's going seven, uh, six and a half at Del Mar was his last win. Uh, but I'm not going to try and talk you off it because, again, that 12 to yeah. 1 price is pretty solid. And he has the back for him to tell you if he can get back to that Del Mar win, uh, that, that it's a good spot for him. If, if only his best number was going six furlongs over the Santa Anita track in his career. Oh, for the Echo Eddie back in uh, back in May. Yeah, you're 2020. Yeah, you're right. Missed it by a head. Yeah. Well, he does. I mean, it's he's got one race. I'm looking at the rest of them. But also, like the Cal Cup sprint uh, last year, you know, he needed a break after that. So maybe something – he was gone for 10 months. So maybe something went wrong. Not a terrible pick here. Um, I The other horse I used – just to his outside is the four gates of heaven. And I don't like that I'm using this horse. Um, I also don't like that Ruben Alvarado has been hotter than fire in Santa Anita since he took over for Peter Miller. But those are the facts. He's got Flavian Pratt in the saddle. Flavian Pratt uh, won 1A with John Blasquez as to who's the hottest rider on any given race at Santa Anita. I am using this horse specifically because of the names that are on the back of the jersey. The horse second in his one time at Santa Anita. He's exiting a you know an older win against Open Allowance 50K Company at Los Al, but the horse is going to get hammered. There's no value playing this. I'm just doing it because there is a long shot later that you and I both really like that I want to make sure I'm alive for. Yeah, I mean, this is a turf horse. That was my main problem. <laughs> and I, I, I see, like, the, the numbers obviously fit in a way, but this is a horse that's had success at low sal and on turf. Um, and to me, that's a 
that's a pretty big concern. I, I think this horse is better suited for turf. And I think that you're just kind of ending up here because another race didn't come up for it. I'm kind of surprised to be honest that we're sliding here on dirt. I agree the trip should be pretty good, but this horse is going to need to take another step forward and prove that it can handle dirt. So you're, you're going to need a career best effort for a horse that's probably going to be your favorite or at worst your second choice. Um, and to me, that's just too much to ask at that price. It's too much to ask unless it's Peter Miller's a former assistant and the number one <laughs> owner listed on ownership Ultimate Racing Stable is Peter Miller. And then I just shake my head, use, and hope that the horse loses. Uh, any other horses here that you're scared of? That we did, neither of us used the eight Crash Corrigan, who's a seven to two second choice. Do you want to talk about why you didn't use him? Well, the eight would be the other horse that I would consider here. Um, okay. But then you go kind of you, you parse through the past performances. Uh, three best races of his career, all at Los Alamitos. And that, that to me is a, an issue here. I mean, the horse is two for 14 lifetime and two for four at Los Al. So it tells you he is 0 for 10 everywhere else. So that, that was the main reason I ended up not using that horse. Well, that Los Al win two back when he got claimed out of the, the Miati barn. Um, 12 lengths against four horses at Los Al. That tells me off the turn, four horses literally fell over and, and he just <laughs> walked away. Because fe- otherwise, it kind of feels like a pack animal style, right? He he's, loves to hit the board. If you want to use an underneath horse, I think that's great. But as far as a win bet goes, especially at 7-2, to two, uh, not who Mike and I want to use here. We'll move on to the second leg of the late pick four sequence at San Diego Park on Saturday, January 15th. Race 8 on the card. We're going down the hillside turf course for the, uh, what is this one? This is the Sunshine Millions Philly and Mare Turf Sprint Stakes. Uh, pick a longer name next time. 12 Phillies and Mares, Calbreds, uh, four and up, plus an also eligible, who I really hope draws into the race here, by the way. Uh, favorite is number nine, Warren Showtime. Um, she's six for 12. It's Santa Anita on the grass. Never off the board. She's kind of okay, but she also has to face the defending champion who beat her in this race last year. Uh, that's the 12 Legs Galore, who is pure speed on turf, three to one, post 12. Where are you going on top? I will not be using Warren Showtime here. I think the price is too short against a field that I think is highly competitive. Um, we like She's Devoted, who is the horse that you're talking about that's also eligible, will make my ticket if she makes the, the draw. So um, we'll see what goes on there. She's a slam dunk horse that was homebred that we've talked about quite a bit on this show and off mm-hmm. the show. Uh, she looked wildly amazing. She looked amazing. First start, came back, wins second start, looked uh, exceptional second start as well. Long off the layoff, they thought. It's, I know slam dunk thought really highly of this horse. Um, and, and she ran well last time, couldn't get to Greg, Greg's Diva. I, I think she's going to be absolutely loaded in this spot. I love the fact that they have her into a stakes race here. So I, I think she's going to run big. I did put legs galore on top. I don't see a ton of speed in here, which is kind of surprising for a six for long turf sprint down the hill for Calbreds. Uh, you'd expect to see five, six horses that are all going to want to line up. And to me, legs galore is clearly your speed of the speed. And the last thing I want to do in one of these spots is leave the speed off. So I put the 12 legs galore on top. My other must use... Uh, was the four horse Nardini uh, really surprised? This horse is twelve to one. Uh, not really sure why this horse is twelve to one. Um, it ran well earlier this year, March, January, March, and April. Um, missed to legs galore by a couple lengths, going six furlongs over this course, but closing in on her. Uh, goes six furlongs again, loses to her again. So I get why we're a little concerned about facing the same horse. But fast forward to later this year, huge effort in the Solana Beach, going a mile. I uh, like the fact that we're going six and a half here, not six. So hopefully that, that gives us a little more time to close. Going to draw a line through the last one because it was on synthetic. I think that Nardini at 12 to 1 is kind of a steal here for a horse that's going to sit close to the pace and could easily uh, fly on by if Lace Glore doesn't have it in the lane. I wanted so badly to, to single in the next leg. Um, 
and, and then try and go all in this. I thought this was the hardest race to handicap. And part of it, I'll blame on because they haven't had the damn downhill turf course. And sometimes I forget how to handicap the turf course, the downhill turf course, because uh, it is a little tricky, right? They go down the hill, they kind of the dog leg right, and then the big sweeping left turn across the dirt. So things get kind of crazy. Kent DeSormo is one of the best jockeys in California on the turf right now or on dirt. Um, and, and that he's got, what, 30, 40 years of experience going down that hill. So that is a great horse to use. You mentioned you're getting 12 to 1 on her. Um, she is 0 for 4 at Santa Anita on the turf, which gives me a little bit of a pause. But she has been facing a lot of these horses. And if, if Legs Galore burns out, which I could see the 7 going and, and just being sent and just go, 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 go. Um, which is the, what, seven is nice ice, no. which is the other Ruben Alvarado horse because he has We'll talk about there. the seven in a minute. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, you used the seven, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Never mind. I'll go. Three I'll, to I'll, one, hold baby. I'll, I'll hold off on the seven because we're, we're going to disagree on that one. I actually, it's interesting that you did that because I used uh, the other Peter Miller, or not Peter Miller, the other uh, Alvarado horse in here. But um, you know what? Let's talk about the real horse. Let's talk about Alice Marble because this is one that to me is the last one on for me. The only reason I used her, why the hell is Flavian Pratt riding her in this race when it feels like he could have so many different options? And this is the horse that he uses. Uh, the one time that he rode her on turf, she lost. She's actually 0 for 3 on turf. So I use because it's Pratt and it's D'Amato and it's second off the layoff. And those two guys are a hell of a lot smarter than I am. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, D'Amato is actually the key here. Um, the placement of this horse, I think, is, is wildly aggressive. The fact that we went, you know, the, 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 some of the efforts are in open company. So I'm not going to hold those against her as much as I will. Uh, the, the effort two back where she went five furlongs. But Miss Carousel is a very, very good horse. After Midnight runs second in that race, both of those horses come back to win next time out. So that race comes back huge. Now you have Phil D'Amato, who's 27% in turf sprints. One of the arguably, he could arguably be the best with Peter Miller now retired, uh, the best <laughs> turf sprinting trainer in Southern California. So I, I love the fact that D'Amato has, gets Pratt to ride this horse and wants to continue this horse turf sprinting. I think the extra distance is going to be good for this horse, going from five to six and a half. I think that's going to be beneficial. And I also think that we talked about how there's not a massive amount of speed here. I think that Alice Marble sits a pretty good trip. I think this is one of those sneaky, fast horses that's going to sit in that second flight behind either a lone leader in legs galore or, or nice ice in legs galore pushing each other up front. Alice Marble may just trip out. And you've got Flavian Pratt who's going to be able to work that trip out as good as anybody else. Eight to one's a good price on it. Again, if you're able to fade Warren Showtime, you're pretty much getting a good price on everyone else in my mind. That's kind of why I'm going five deep and not using the favorite. Um, she also, by the way, looking at this, she over two hitting the board at Golden Gate, and then they send her south, which is or, like unarguably much harder circuit. And then she's actually she's a half length away from being four and zero. So uh, she got to, she got to, maybe, listen. She's a late bloomer, right? She's turning five. She's blossoming uh, at the right time. I used the two California Coop just to her outside. This is the other Alvarado horse, actually the shorter priced of the two. Uh, stable mate of the seven, who Mike's going to talk about in just a second. I love this horse. I think that she's turf. First of all, I think it's her best uh, surface, but she is in form. Um, she had that off turf allowance win last out. So it tells me she's doing well. John Velasquez rode Velasquez takes the mount back. Uh, that was less than a month ago. So Alvarado's running her right back. Clearly not worse for the wear was one underhand urging. You can see there. So uh, I went ahead and used because both of those guys, just like I mentioned last race with the four horse that Pratt and Alvarado are on fire. Velasquez is also on fire. So I'm going to stick with him. He's pretty good. Uh, I, distance concerns here for me. I, I think this just may be too short for California Kook. Uh, tried the distance or tried six furlongs once in Santa Anita, and it seemed like them going faster just took the kick away from her um, toward the end of the race. And I'm concerned that you're going to see the same thing here, especially since they're probably going to go a little faster than they did that day. They went 23.46. You're not getting 23.46 today. If she wants to be close to the pace, she's going to have to go 22 and change 45 and change. And if she does that, 
I'm not so sure that that kick is going to be there. Again, you mentioned Velasquez has been absolutely on fire. The barn's been on fire as well. So I'm not going to knock you for the connections fact of it. And eight to one's a decent price. I, I just think this horse wants to go longer. Uh, talk to me about the seven nice ice, because I thought that this horse was entered to mostly make sure the legs galore like they both have triple digit time form early pace figures. I thought this horse was entered just to make sure that legs galore didn't get an easy lead and it set up well for the two, but you actually are using the seven and not the two. So tell me about it. Yeah, I kind of like this horse going down the hill. And this is one of the few horses in this field that's actually done it before. Did it twice in 2019 and didn't make the lead either time. I don't think nice ice makes the lead. I think nice ice has mile speed to make the lead. I think nice ice makes the lead at a mile in the 16th, maybe even like the seven and a half at Gulfstream. I think five and a, or six and a half nice ice doesn't make the lead down the hill, but I think nice ice does sit right behind legs galore. I think nice ice gets first run. I think nice ice is 30 to one, which is freaking wild to me when you're going to have a horse that has more stamina than a lot of these, because that, this nice ice has been going longer. One of the things I love is speed cutting back, especially on the turf course. when It's not a massive cutback. I like the mile to six furlong cutback when you've shown a ton of speed because you're going to have some of these horses that have just a little bit more stamina than everybody else. I think Nice Ice is sitting in that spot. And at 30 to one, I just couldn't say no. I mean, you're getting a Spoli with one of the hottest barns with a horse that has tactical speed in a race without a bunch of speed at 30 to one. That enough, that there enough should be a, a reason to put her on the ticket. Uh I will say to your point that because this is Miller's assistant, it's basically still Miller running the show. This horse is not 30 to one. If the name is Peter Miller as the trainer. No. So um, no. Mike, definitely you're going to get a lot of value here. This horse is so old that Frederick Ceballos rode this horse still a bug boy. That's how damn old this horse is. <laughs> My God, I'm looking at the old and past performances. I'm like, God, Rajiv Murad. Remember when he raced out here for about three months? Yeah. That is <laughs> didn't last long. He thought he'd find himself a derby horse. Didn't work out too well. Um, let's see. I've got two other horses to talk about. I did use Warren Showtime because I think that she's got an absolutely solid kick. I think that she's in form. This is shorter than what she probably wants to do. And she did, as I mentioned, lose this race uh, in the past. But she also did win going down this setup in the California Distaff Handicap back in October, which is her first start off the layoff. And then she tries two dirt spots, which she can handle dirt. She's one on dirt. Seven for 17 on turf. She's six for 12 on Santa Anita's turf. Um, I, I love her in this spot. And yes, I also use Sedamar. That's the other horse that I used who almost okay. beat her. Almost All beat out her then. <laughs> in the California Distaff Handicap. So I use the nine and the 10 in this spot. Um, I, I bunch them together like that so you can rip me apart two for one special. Go for it. Well, I just don't think that was a very good field. I mean, that's my main issue, right? Anna Fantastic runs third in that field. Bella Vita runs fourth in that field. Neither of them very good turf sprinters. Um, not horses I'm exactly worried about. So I'm not sure what they beat there. And the waters are a lot deeper than that six-horse yes. field here. I mean, this is, this is a field of 12 with formidable opponents up and down the line versus a field of six where they were clearly the best two horses. Um, as, as far as Sedamar goes, she's six to one on the morning line, and she almost uh, held off Warren Showtime. She, that was a race, by the way, a much smaller field. I think six horses were in that race. Her running style is to stalk and have some pace to sit behind. She didn't get that set up that day. She was forced no. to sit a little closer, forced to move earlier than she probably wanted. I also like that she almost won a grade three turf route uh, mile race against open company over this course. So she's got talent. Slightly concerned about the layoff, but I've, I've always been a big fan of Sedamara here, so uh, I'm going to use her in this spot. Again, if the 13 she's devoted gets in, that's a must-use for me. She's devoted. I love her so much that she's a must-use if she scratches into the field. 
Yeah, I would use the 10 over the nine um, if it came to that. I think Setamar at the price is a better use than the nine horse, yes. especially considering um, the fact that, like you said, Setamar did things opposite of what necessarily Setamar wants to do last time out. And that's one of the reasons I think Warren Showtime beat her. Um, I'm going to go with the outside of Setamar, though. Give me the 11, Eddie's new dream. Oh, look, this horse has run three times on turf. Run one twice, three career best buyers. Uh, the the time that the horse did not win was going a mile in a grade three. Okay, Spanish Love Affair was in that race. Like it was open company grade three, not you know obviously open company grade three. So, I, you know, give me fifteen to one on the Square Eddie horse uh, from Redham Racing with Mario Gutierrez up, who is two for three on the turf and clearly a better turf horse than dirt horse. I, I don't I don't understand how that horse is fifteen to one. Uh, maybe I'm guessing I'm not being snide because the three turf efforts were all routing. Uh, and we're cutting back here. But they, I mean, Ben Sessa liked her enough to put her straight in the La Brea after those turf efforts. Um, you know what uh, You know what Square Eddie's really good at? Turf sprinting. Correct, sir. So it's I'm very, not too worried about the routing part of it. No, no, no. It's, I'm just telling you that's why the price is 15 to 1 because someone's going to look at this and say that. Um, I also, I have a trip note here from when she uh, won that mile in eighth race. Um, she was sitting there with the pace setter faded to fourth five lengths back so sometimes we talk about races it's like okay if one horse two horses contest the pace one wins where's the other one if it's way back in the parking lot that was a better effort by the winner than what it looks like on paper right 100 percent agree let's move on to the penultimate leg of the late pick four sequence at sandy to park on saturday january 15th i promise this one will be a much quicker one because mike and i both agree on two horses in this race uh there's eight older cowbred boys favoritism is on number three brickyard ride at nine to five if legs galore is speed on turf, this horse is speed on dirt. If he runs his best race, they're all fighting for second. So we both used him. I don't know that we need to talk much about him. Let's talk about the long shot number six. Let's get lucky at 12 to one, who we both also like here. I'll let you take things over. Yeah, I mean, look, this is one of those horses just improving. Um, when you look at the races that this horse had run, you, you've seen consistently uptick in, in the every single effort. Um, I, I like the fact that we were able to get a win here over the Santa Anita Dirt, going six furlongs, two back, first off a layoff um, against State Bread Company. And in that race was Principal Carlo right to the outside, who is six to one for some reason, probably because off that race running second to Let's Get Lucky, came back to win $100,000 State Bread Stakes race. So I'd say that Let's Get Lucky race came back pretty good. Um, Principal Principale Carlo co- jumps from a 79 buyer up to a 92 in winning. Well, let's get lucky. Goes from an 87 buyer in that win up to a 94 buyer against open company, just missing ending up in third. And by the way, didn't even get a good trip in that race. Um, and so again, this is a race. We have a lot of speed signed on. Let's get lucky. is going to sit behind that speed. Brickyard ride is going to be on the speed. If I'm, I'm, I'm going too deep here. I'm going to use Brickyard re- ride. Cause I think that's the classiest horse cleared, cleared probably the best horse in the field. Nine to five is a fair price. We're probably not getting nine to five. We're probably getting more like six to five or seven to five in this spot. Yeah. Let's get lucky as a, a horse that I think could definitely make some noise. Should be sitting in that first group. Um, I almost went three deep here. Well, actually, first off, did I did I miss anything on Let's Get Lucky or any other reason why you're using them here? Uh, just one smart-ass comment. Uh, the horse that was a length behind him in fifth, because fourth there was a, a small gap there, but the horse that was a length behind him in fifth uh, got claimed off of Peter Miller by Tim Yachtin, who's not a very high percentage barn, especially not off the claim. And that horse won next out. Like, that's the level of competition that this horse was finishing ahead of is that a horse was with Miller got claimed off of to a non-juicing barn and still won next out. I mean, that's just pretty damn impressive to me. That's not so bad. Took charge. The winner of that race came back and just missed um, at the $80,000 N2X level. It was a miss by less than a length. So the winner of that race came back to run very well as well. So every single horse in that race seems to be running well out of it. Um, and that's off, you know, the, the big time improvement we saw from Let's Get Lucky. 
I mentioned the speed in here. Look, positivity, the three horse, or four horse is going to want to go. Brickyard re- ride, the three horse is going to want to go. Uh, the two horse peaceful teacher, probably going to go or stalk. Um, you're going to see speed from uh, Principal Carlo, who's going to be close to the pace, the 113 early time form. Your speed from the eight, Colt Fiction, uh, Colt Fiction, who's three to one on the line. All of this sets up for if you want to go one more deep is to get a little crazy and try the one horse. And that, that would be the other horse I would take a look at who I think could pick it up if they absolutely collapse. Because I went five deep in the last leg, I only ended up two deep here. I was trying to find a way to go three deep here and use the one, three, and six. Uh, couldn't do it. But in my pick six tickets, I probably will have the one included. I had a few, I was like, he's either going to say the one or the five, and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, one is a good one if you're going to get a little nuts, especially with the, the late pace angle. How about, can we just talk real quick about the five? Uh, this is John Sadler claims a, a six-year-old, now six-year-old intact calbred who form-wise, you know, you're not going to really do anything with this horse as a stallion. Uh, claims him for $80,000 and runs him straight back into a stakes race, and he's 10 to one, so you're going to get value on him. I didn't use, but are you concerned about that at all? Um, No. I mean, to me, this is... This is an underneath horse. Um, I think it's interesting that he got claimed out of an 80,000 N2X, even though he's won eight times in his career. Some of the conditions he had, he's getting to repeat now um, if he's up for a tag. And so I, I think that there's some other big races that you can kind of get claimed for. If you We, we covered the sixth race in this sequence for, for RacingDudes.com on the YouTube page. And my top pick was actually a horse that just got claimed for $100,000 and went right into a Calbred Stakes for Propadromo Stable before that. Uh, he was claimed for $80,000 went right into a Calbred stake. So I think that a lot of times some of these barns, they see these Calbred stakes coming up and they target high tier horses that they think they can get a paycheck with because they can run them in the stakes and then run them back in you know, the 80 and 2X and possibly get the horse claimed, possibly be able to win that race for a big purse. It, it gives you options with a horse that uh, I think probably can't win here, probably is worthwhile playing underneath, um, but is a decent horse to own. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, well, Ronis Racing, who's his top uh, owner or his top client for John Sadler, they routinely win the owner titles at Santa Anita at Del Mar. So they probably, like you're saying, Mike, uh, paid eighty thousand dollars to have a lot of fun and win, help him or help them win another owner's title there. So interesting angle. I just, it caught my attention. I wanted to uh, make sure we brought that up. In the last two years, this horse has owned, earned one hundred and forty-eight thousand and one hundred and thirty thousand. So it's not like there's there, and the horse is clearly in form and intact still. So it's not like there aren't races that you could try and get that 80 grand back in. That's for sure. We'll move on to the final leg of the late pick four sequence at Sandy on Saturday, January 15th. Race 10 sends us back onto the turf. We've got a dozen three-year-old Calbred fillies routing a mile in the California Cup Oaks. I always think this is a longer race than it is. It's just a mile. Uh, I, I, gotta, I keep wanting to say that. Professor's Pride, the seven horse, is your five to two favorite in here. You also have Big Novel, the one horse at four to one. Vivacious Vanessa at four to one. I just named three of the horses that, uh, my, that I'm using, and Mikey's using a fourth one. Uh, with me as well. Well, I, I I love me some vivacious Vanessa here. Um, I almost singled the three horse. This was the, the closest, the second closest I came to singling after the one horse in the first leg. And I'll probably press a ticket with the one singled in the first leg and the three singled here in the last leg. To me, this is a lot about breeding. Um, look, this is a, a not this time horse, which is a giant's son of Giants Causeway. Giants Causeway, very good turf sire out of a mizzen mass dam. Mizzen mass, one of the best turf sires. So this is turf on turf every bit. Horse debuts on turf, is able to absolutely gobble up ground. If you go back and watch that race, it's incredible. The horse hopped at the start. He got in trouble around the turn. Somehow just surges up and still is able to get the win. Runs a 60 buyer. Looked amazing doing it. They move over to a stakes race for $176,000 on the dirt. Horse doesn't run great, but still runs third. It's not a bad effort at all. And now you're getting this horse back to turf 
um, I'm I'm excited about seeing uh, vivacious Vanessa get back to the back to the surface that she loves the most. And you're going to have pace to chase here, although we have no idea how fast she is early because she completely missed the break and hopped at the start anyway. Uh, very true. Uh, here's the thing about vivacious Vanessa. She's for Gary Mandela's Richard Mandela's son. Um, Gary mostly he's he's Richard's assistant and he kind of helps run that stable. But he has his own uh, horses he can play with from time to time. This horse, fifteen to one morning line. What did the horse go off at, Mike? Three to one. Uh, yeah, uh, for a very low percentage barn, a barn very low percentage with debuters. They knew this horse was good. They knew this. The word got out. This horse was a beast. I love this horse. This is my topic as well. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see a monster effort here. I'm, I'm, I'm interested at the price because this is one of those where I'm, I'm willing to put a win bet in here at three to one, and four to one is currently sitting on the morning line. I, I think I'm going to get better than three to one. I don't think this horse is going to take that much action. Although I did not realize it was fifteen to one on the morning line in its first start. That kind of scares me a little bit because I, I that go, that replay is just. It's so impressive when you go back and watch it. Oh, yeah. Split it. I mean, it's just a very, very professional-looking uh, effort. You never see that from a two-year-old in its debut unless it's going to go off to be a monster. Uh, who do you want to talk about next? Because you went three deep, and I went with all three of them. So I'll let you drive the bus. Oh, let's talk about Big Novel on the inside. I guess that's the next one that we should talk about. Uh, this is going to be first time touching turf, which I think is interesting. Mr. Big, uh, decent sire here on turf. Your Heat Seeker mare, which is a, an Irish horse, uh, should be good for the, the, the turf on, as well. Um, Sadler, first time turf, 24% with a $4.91 ROI. You get John Velasquez, you get the inside post, and you get what should be a very, very, very good trip um because of that so I, I love the fact that we're going to sit a nice trip here we've got tactical speed in the race that has some speed but not an overabundance of it and i think that turf is probably the better surface here um you know i, I think in some of these early calbred races if you look at the two-year-old calbred races a lot of the big money races are all dirt and that's why you see a lot of these horses try dirt first and then flip over to the turf we're starting to get some more of the big money calbred turf races and i think that's when you're going to see some of these horses uh run their best and run on their best service and i think big novel is falls into that that latter category uh she also has an older brother who didn't break his maiden on turf but led every step of the way until like about the shadow of the wire and then just got swallowed up but was very impressive going a mile on the turf at Santa Anita. So uh, I, I'm with you. I like big novel here. Uh, who did we forget? Oh, uh, the 11. Let's go all the way, almost all the way outside. Um, boy, Rose Dawson. If you didn't watch this debut at Los Al, good hell. Holy cow. I don't give two shits about that 60 buyer. Yeah. That is a like a plus, 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 plus effort. Oh, my God. This was good. Yeah, horse looked like a monster. Um, another horse, but to me, this one, I was surprised the horse didn't get more bet. I uh, went off at five to one in that debut effort, but the horse looked absolutely amazing. Uh, this is a homebred. It's a grazing horse, often very good on turf. We've got a 376 Tomlinson turf number. I think this horse could be very good and has tactical speed. Uh, was close to a 22 and one pace in that first start. So I know it says six, but it was only two lengths back. So it was essentially ran a 22 and three over that first quarter. So should be a little forwardly placed, be able to get a get a nice trip here i like the fact that pratt takes the call and like you said i mean that that was one of the more breathtaking debuts we saw at los alamitos where we often see some pretty good debuts so i think it's interesting that we're seeing this uh Dimao send this horse directly into a stakes race and get pratt aboard 
it's uh, it's the house that Bob Baffert keeps the lights on at, and, and for a non-Bob Baffert to have a debut like that's impressive. Uh, also, Rose Dawson, um, a half-brother to Clayton Delaney, who is a talented turf sprinter. Not a stick-caliber horse, but it definitely has a lot of ability on turf. Um, yeah, I, I love Rose Dawson's spot. Eh, the 11 post, I'm not worried. If she's got the talent that she showed, if she actually can live up to what she showed in that debut, uh, yeah, incredible. Um, so we hit all three that you have, right? You didn't use the seven, Professor? No. Spratt. And this is the horse I, I left out because it was my fourth pick. And I, I'm not in the, the, the I think this is going to be your favorite. And I have no interest in yeah. as a, using a favorite that I'm lukewarm about. Yeah, this is the horse that uh, was was probably the last one on the ticket for me. Uh, but kind of similar to what we talked about with the uh, with the Mandela horse on the rail. Uh, Eddie Truman, not a huge uh, uh, debut horse uh, trainer. This horse wins on debut, but the morning line was six to one, and the horse went off at eight to five. Um, there were strong works. There were plenty of bullets on the page back then. Um, it had a very nice, it was sitting wide, but you're going to get kind of a wider trip here from this seven post a little bit. Uh, it is interesting that Hernandez doesn't ride though. We're going to speed up jockey switch here to Umberto Rispoli, uh, for the turf debut because we've got, uh, Hernandez staying on vivacious Vanessa, who was our top pick here. So uh, along those lines, I can kind of see, especially five to two, why you didn't use the horse. Yeah, this is probably going to end up being your speed or you would think is going to be your speed, um, which is my biggest concern about Professor's Pride. Um, I'm just not so sure that, that again, it is a horse that, that is bred for the turf or bred to, to handle the turf with Byron and a twirling candy mare. So it's not like the, the turf should be a downgrade here, but I think it's more of a neutral move compared to some others who I think are taking steps forward. And just I'm interested to see how this plays out. I'm not positive we're going to get a lead i just i don't love the five to two price not interested in the barn as much as others i think there's a lot of horses in here that have a ton of talent you kind of combine all of that and i just i'm not willing to swallow the price in a ticket where i'm using you know brickyard brickyard ride like those type of horses where it's look if that horse wins and this horse wins it's not going to pay that much anyway so i'd rather take a swing and see if i can get around him brickyard ride wins spoiler alert i don't think much of this pace uh, as as much as we would hope for anyways be interesting that's gonna be the key to the pick six for a lot of people um, and so it's going to be awfully interesting if, if Brickyard, if, if a Brickyard ride loses, it's going to be awfully interesting to see what this thing pays. Cause it's, it's going to be big. Cause I don't think it's going to be one of the more quote unquote logical horses that beats him. I think it's going to be someone from off the pace at a big number. And Dr. Tang saying that seven and one may go together, which kind of goes along further with your theory of why you're using the one, because you do like the one big novel, but why you're against the seven. So yeah, kind of all adds up there. But no, Dr. Tang, by all means, use the seven, use the five to two favorite in your full count tournament. Mike is begging you, please. <laughs> you're using them on your ticket. I wish you weren't. I wish you were, you chucked this horse for a price somewhere else, but I- I, I might, because it was already kind of lukewarm. And I, I didn't see the morning line on this race specifically until now, so- yeah, that might get reworked. There's we, too much. I have too much chalk on my ticket with that horse being in there too. I do want to give some love to the four horse just for the name Money Penny. I loved the James Bond series for a long time. I love that there's a money money horse named Money Penny. So uh, shout out for the name recognition to the four horse. Not going to use you, but I uh, love the name. <laughs> shout out. I didn't use you, but um, yeah, you know. Uh, you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to change it on the fly. Let's get rid of the seven. And I'm going to use a horse you didn't. Let's use the eight. Let's talk about let's talk about Dendera. I'm getting twelve to one. With I talked about Kent Desormal riding as well as anybody on the turf. Uh, he's going to be riding for John Sadler, a horse that Flavian Pratt rode twice on turf and won both times. The only time this horse has lost on turf, it was the Open Company Juvenile Phillies Turf Stakes. Uh, a couple of those horses ended up going off towards the Breeders' Cup or trying to get into the Breeders' Cup. Scratch off last race. They tried dirt. Listen, it was low sal. Mike, you know that you like to say that track can play well to turf horses. Didn't play well to this turf horse. Um, by her speed figure, she's going to need a big improvement. Uh, but I like the fact that she's got two wins, including over this course. And again, I'm getting Kent DeSormo at 12-1 to 1 with John Sadler. Giddy up! 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I, Pratt off tells me quite a bit about this horse, but at the price, it's not ter- terrible. And so I, I would much rather use the eighth and the seventh. So good on you, Magic. Good switch. Hang on, Pratt's leaving because he saw what happened with Rose Dawson's debut and went, wait, I want to ride that thing. I want to ride that. I, I mean, we're both using the Pratt horse here, so I, I don't I don't disagree with you there. Uh, that's probably exactly what happened. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to talk about the late pick four sequence of San Diego Park. If you want more insight on the card Saturday at San Diego, again, the mandatory payout of the 20 cent rainbow pick six uh, pool that they have. So they're a possible $4 million pool for that one. So make sure you check that out. If you want help before these four races, uh, the, the second leg of the pick, uh, sorry, the second leg of the pick five, six sequence, Jesus, too many races. Race six <laughs> is the unusual heat turf classic stakes at youtube.com slash racing dudes. This guy right here, Mike Samich joined me to preview the race, go through it. It's eight horses, but it's a very uh, interesting race. Uh, and, and really this pick six sequence that they put together, very challenging because of all the calbreds, Mike. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I mean, you got big fields, you got multiple surfaces. Um, it, it's you've got a lot of horses that are going to are logical improvements. They're switching surfaces, switching trainers, switching barns. It's just it's a fun pick six sequence. Now, uh, no one go and hit this sucker on Friday. Do not do that. That was that was mean. I understand you wanted the one point two million all yourself, but it was a dick move. We would like to have a big pool on Saturday. I told Mike I'll send him five hundred forty dollars on Friday if he guarantees we can take it down. <laughs> I, I will give you twelve to one on your money if we take it down. <laughs> we'll go ahead and uh, give out our tickets for this one last time. Take a look below if you're watching the replay or live here on YouTube. I'll start off going 2-4 with one two nine ten, adding the 13 for both Mike and I if she draws into that. Then 3-6, then one three eight eleven. That's a $32 ticket. For you, Mr. Summich. I am going to play 32 dash for you. I like that. I'm going to play a $45 ticket. I'm going to go one two three with one four seven eleven twelve with 3-6 with one. Three eleven. It'll cost you forty-five dollars for fifty cents, and I will also include that thirteen. Uh, she's devoted in the second leg if she draws in, and I would drop probably the seven or the eleven horse. I'm not sure which I would drop there. Probably the seven um, for my ticket in that middle leg. Uh, and I, as Mike said, on if you're watching the screen, the scroll, I actually put thirty-two dash forty because if the thirteen draws in and I don't lose horses. I'm just going to keep it, and I'm going to add her in. It's still uh, a little affordable. It does push Mike's a little more expensive, so I get why he's going to do that. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining us for the Magic Mike Show. Uh, we're going to end the horse racing talk now. Uh, other than to say good luck to everybody, as Dr. Tang said, in the Flow Cal tournament, to you, Mike, to Dr. Tang, to the Hoffmans. I hope everybody but you get second. May you win. I love it. Take it down. Take it down. Uh, speaking of taking down, Georgia took down Alabama. Um that was an interesting game. Did you want to talk about it? We're we just going to move on, pretend it didn't happen, and talk about the play, the NFL playoffs. I mean, I love the first half. Very happy that that happened. Um, and that was an interesting game. I, I was kind of surprised you saw the response. It, it seemed like Georgia was done after they had that interesting fumble call, which I understand why it was called the fumble. That was the most nonchalant fumble recovery I've ever seen from that Alabama DB. And, man, he is lucky his foot was in because if they call that a fumble but his foot's out, he would have been roasted. Um, it seemed like the game was over after they went and went in and scored there. But uh, Georgia's offense was able to kind of get it going and, and get it trucking and get the job done. So congratulations to Georgia. We talked about how it was one of those tough spots where, you know, Georgia was laying seven in the SEC title game and Alabama loses its best player and is – only catching three uh, a few weeks later, 37 days later. That was awfully interesting. And then you had this the second best Georgia receiver go down in the first half as well, which didn't help them at any. 
Uh, I had a small stake in the game, just betting wise, but nothing that was really nothing significant. And so when Alabama lost, even though I bet Alabama, I wasn't upset. But it was an entertaining game because for three quarters, pound the under, pound the under. I mean, that under started at what, like 53 and a half. It got down to what was it? 33, I think, at some point, and then the fourth quarter happened, and it was just like, boop, 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 boop. so I was wondering, like, how many people bought that correctly, do you think? Um, I bet not too many. It was it was weird, too, in the first half. You had five field goals of scoring all the points, and when you have five field goals, you're like, well, the drive stalled, and it's like, no, no, they didn't stall. You had four big plays, which produced five field goals. The rest of the drives were shit. Um, they couldn't move the ball at all, and so it was, it was like one big Georgia run, one big Georgia pass. That was all they did in the first half. Um, and so you kind of watch that. And that's why I said when Bama went up, uh, I believe it was by eight. Um, <clears throat> no, they went up by six. That was, I'm sorry, they went up by five. Uh, that was when you kind of were like, hmm, this is trouble because Georgia's has going to have to drive the length of the field and put, put points on the board. And that's something they just, they haven't been able to do. Over racetunes.com slash sports, the dudes who bet sports latest episode that aired this morning. Well, morning for me, uh, covering the NFL playoffs. Uh, as I mentioned, Aaron Papadude also covered Oakland Park. But if you want more Oakland Park coverage for Saturday, tune into Blinkers Off. They'll be going live in just over an hour here, so 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, they're going to talk about some stakes races, but really nothing like superb, like nothing great and nothing uh, that crazy. So they are going to be focusing on Oakland Park and the late pick four there Saturday. So make sure you tune in for that. And then over at RacingDudes.com, we, of course, have previews for all the big races. Uh, we have the Kentucky Derby Trail coverage, Kentucky Oaks coverage. We're doing a big push for the Pegasus World Cup. I already did a bunch of videos with Aaron Halterman talking about the horses who've been invited to these races because they are invitationals. You have to be asked to come play. But uh, we talked about who showed up for that. And then we also did horse by horse analysis for life is good and Nick's go. So that's all over at racingnews.com and then youtube.com slash racing dudes. Mr. Samich, anything else that you'd like to add before we get out of here? Uh, bets I've made already. I have the Raiders plus 235 on the money line. I have the Raiders plus six and a half. It's five and a half plus 195 now. I would still take the five and a half. 195 I am not as excited about, but I do like the Raiders uh, as, as a live dog there. Uh, I played the Bills minus four against the Patriots. Uh, I think they're just the better team. I think that you're going to see them be more aggressive on offense if they're able to score. Uh, New England won't be able to keep up with them. Um, I also played the 49ers plus three and a half and then plus three even. That's plus three minus 105 now. I would still take them at plus three. I think they're a live dog, kind of like the over in that game, over 51 as well. Am I hearing correctly you're going against all of the first-time uh, or the inexperienced quarterbacks in the playoffs? Well, Carr is a, uh, a debutante as well. So uh, it's, okay. it's two first-time quarterbacks there. Um, and I, I, that one, to me, I, I think is more – I think Crosby's going to be able to wreak absolute havoc against the Bengals' offensive line. I respect the heck out of the Bengals and what they've done, except I don't respect their coaching staff at all. Uh, I think that, that Burrow is incredible, like generational talent that has unfortunately uh, been dealt a hand with not a great coaching staff. And he is – He's doing a wonderful job of hiding how poor that coaching staff actually is. And uh, that makes it more and more difficult as you get deeper and deeper into the playoffs. I also think that, like, look, this Raiders team, it is them against the world right now. And you saw that in the Chargers game. You, you saw how pumped up they were. You're going to just continue to see them have this, this us against everybody mentality, which is one of the most dangerous things in football. They're, uh, they're the football version of the St. Louis Blues from a few years ago. Season starts terribly, fire the coach, drama. Hey, wait a minute, we're in the playoffs and having a pretty damn good end of the season. And, and, it, and they have a defensive line that can get there with four. They got an offense that can move the football. I mean, they're, they're dangerous to be able to win. And the Bengals aren't – they're not stout defensively. They're dangerous on offense, so you got to definitely worry about that. But, again, if you can get to Burrow, that's how you can stop them. And then the Raiders can do that. That's the one thing they really do well. 
Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Good luck if you're betting the NFL. Let us know. Tweet at Mike, and, and you can tweet at me, too. But Mike's the one who's the big better for the NFL. You can follow him on Twitter at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. I am at Curtis Kellerward. Our corporate overlords at Racing Underscore Dudes, once again, they'll be live in just about an hour covering Oakland Park. I'm sure there'll be plenty of NFL talk, too, because Jared is a uh, Kansas City Chiefs fan. He actually, when we recorded the previews for Tampa's races this weekend, he made me take down my, my Pittsburgh Steelers uh, towel that was sitting here. So now I'm allowed, now that my boss isn't here anymore, I'm allowed to put it back up. So going to go ahead and do that. I like it. You should change their banner to Go Pittsburgh, uh, their scrolling banner that they run, sponsored by the Pittsburgh Steelers, their episode. See if they, they notice it or not. Um, I, uh, I'll also be on uh, Equinedge Live on their YouTube feed tonight from 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern. Uh, we're covering Charlestown and Sam Houston Live. So we'll, have, we'll be able to show those races live. We'll be handicapping and uh, throwing some bets together. Hope we make some money. Again, that's 8 to 9 Eastern tonight, not uh, the normal 9 o'clock time, because we want to catch some Sam Houston races. There you, there you go. Well, in Sam Houston, it's just beautiful. We'll get to Sam. We've gotten some people asking. We'll get to Sam Houston uh, coming up, and maybe we do that next week, Mike. We uh, I think next week's a pretty slow weekend for us too. So maybe we're looking it, to Sam Houston. Find some care or some payout days too for us. It is, and what's incredible, I got I love this. One of the reasons we haven't gone to Sam Houston in the past is because of the number or the size of the pool. Did you see the Thursday pool last week? Mm-mm. When we when we first pumped Sam Houston, do you remember what it was? The week no, before we did it, it was 62,000. And then we did it on the Magic Mike show the next week, and it was 77,000. And they were like ecstatic with the, the growth of the pool. We were happy. We thought it was amazing. $169,000 last Thursday. Oh. Yeah. Damn. So it's getting to the point where we can we can play the Sam Houston side of it because the pools are getting big enough that you're not, not killing them when you're using long shots. Mike can actually still make a, a decent living <laughs> playing Sam Houston <laughs> is what we're saying. Uh, that's awesome. And if other tracks are listening, listen, that's the power of the yeah. Magic Mike Show Army. We got us, yeah, Mike and I, but you've also got all of our listeners, and they're very deep pockets, and they love to play. So <laughs> give us a give us some good takeout and, and some nice pools, and we'll come playing with both they, fists. Amazing that they have doubled the handle on the pick six in a year and a half, essentially. I guess that's two years now. In two years because of that low takeout and how much love they've gotten around the, the Twitterverse and the, the Twitter horse racing world. That's all it takes. That's all it takes, Trax. That's all you got to do. <laughs> we'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened this weekend. I'm sure Mike and I will have a pick four for you as well because eh, this looks pretty boring this weekend as far as what we talk about. So we'll tune in on Monday at 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend. Unless you're in the FloCal tournament, then everybody gets second behind Mike, please. Okay, thanks, bye. The Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. Death, taxes, and Magic Mike on Monday.